Our gospel reading today continues in that fourth chapter of John, where we've been the last three weeks. And today we hear the concluding verses, 43 to 54. When the two days were over, Jesus went from that place to Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in the prophet's own country. When he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the festival, for they too had gone to the festival. Then he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into wine. Now there was a royal official whose son lay ill in Capernaum, When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started on his way. As he was going down, his slaves met him, and he told them that his child was alive. So he asked them the hour when he began to recover, and they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he himself believed, along with his whole household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. Brothers and sisters, this is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So as I mentioned, today we conclude our sermon series in the fourth chapter of John's gospel. Let's remember where we've been walking with Jesus these last three weeks. He enters uh, Samaria. He goes to the well uh, near the city of Sychar, and he meets a woman there in midday. She's there alone at midday for a reason. And to her surprise, Jesus knows all about her. He knows her past, and it's not good. And she's so excited She thinks this could be the Christ, the Messiah, that she goes back into the city and tells everyone what happened. And because of her witness, many came to believe in Jesus as the Christ. You know, whenever Jesus gets involved, things change. Things can be turned around. The woman who had traveled alone and avoided the crowds at the well now can't wait to get back home and tell people what had just happened to her, having met Jesus. Our Lord provided her with the confidence and the courage to speak up and to speak out. Our Lord's journey back to Galilee was interrupted by all the Samaritans who then, having heard the woman's witness, asked him to stay on two whole days. Imagine that, delayed in your travel plans by Two entire days. Some of us get annoyed and even impatient when we hear that our flights back home are delayed by one or two hours. 
not days at a time. Remember what we meditated on just two weeks ago, how in life things can change. We can have holy interruptions. There are references to these holy interruptions in John's gospel. Jesus was in Cana of Galilee for a marriage feast, what we today would probably call a wedding reception. And it must have been some party because they ran out of wine. Now we know that such a problem is not the responsibility of the guests. As the father of four daughters, uh, my wife Kirsten and I know that um, it's our responsibility. It's the responsibility of the hosts to make sure there's enough food and drink for all the invited guests at any wedding celebration. So it's not Jesus' fault that the wine ran out, that's for sure. He was simply invited to the party. But Mary asks her son to do something about the situation. You can read all about this in John chapter 2, when you have time later this morning. Jesus is interrupted, if you will, by his mom, by his mother's request to do something about this embarrassment, this problem. And once again, because Jesus is involved, things change, things turn around. Jesus, the guest, becomes really the host. He's the one who provides to all those people the wine, the fine wine. In today's reading, we have yet another interruption. A royal officer, likely someone in service to King Herod, comes and stops Jesus along the way. Now we know that the journey on foot that Jesus made from Judea through Samaria to Galilee would have taken many, many days. And he's already been delayed by the Samaritans who asked him to stay two more days to talk with them. And many came to believe as a result of our Lord remaining. From an unclean woman to a member of the royal court, we see in Scripture, God's living word, that Jesus is uh, willing to be in the presence of both. He makes room and time for both, for all. And what a contrast this is. There, just in the fourth chapter of John's Gospel, a sinful woman who comes to the well alone at midday, a woman with a past that is anything but stellar, and now it's a member of the king's court, someone so wealthy with so much power, he had his own slaves. A man of high standing in terms of socioeconomics, who comes asking, begging for Jesus' help. He comes asking a carpenter's son from a backwater town of Nazareth to do something. We know that that royal official traveled just over 16 miles to meet Jesus. That's the distance between Capernaum and Cana in Galilee. And he didn't make that trip by car, did he? This man of power, this man of, of high ranking, comes to Jesus and interrupts him, if you will. Heal my boy. And he is persistent. He won't take no for an answer. And Jesus says, 
Go. Go home. Your son will live. And he did. And that royal official realized that it happened the very moment Jesus spoke the word, your son will live. You see, in Christ, words and actions always match. Words and actions always come together. Jesus keeps his word. Jesus can be trusted. More, John tells us, come to faith with this second sign. Now, when John talks about signs, we might refer to that, you know, as a miracle. The first miracle, the sign, as John puts it, was that wedding feast in chapter 2 where Jesus turned the water into wine, not just any wine, but fine wine. And now we have this second miracle, this second sign, the healing of a little boy who was near death. From Samaria to Galilee, from the cross outside Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, to you, to your home, to wherever your hometown might be, for those of you watching from afar, God comes to us. God wants to make his home with us. God desires that all of us would come to trust him and know how much he loves us through the gift of his son, Jesus. That royal official came to believe. And we learn throughout scripture that believing in God, trusting in Jesus, is not just a mental exercise. It's not just something intellectual. Believing in Jesus, following Jesus, it changes things and it changes us. It turned that Samaritan woman into an evangelist, a missionary. And you and I can only imagine what life became for that royal official who came to believe in Jesus because that would not have been something that went over well in Herod's court. Jesus turns things around. The man with all the power of this world, the authority of the king's court, needed the help of a blue-collar carpenter's son. The royal official needed the help of a king, to be sure, who would wear not a crown of gold or silver, but a crown of thorns on a lonely cross. The woman who was ashamed to go to the well with the, west, the rest of the women at sunrise or sunset was blessed by the Savior who knew her shame and would bear her shame and sin on the cross. She had been alone. And then Christ would wind up alone, betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter. We are living in times of great fear, uncertainty, violence, and tumult, are we not? The world needs Jesus now as it has always needed him. Rich or poor, male or female, black or white. We all need the love of God just as much as that lonely Samaritan woman. We all need Jesus to save us 
from sin and the reality of death. Jesus spoke and it was true. The official's dying son was healed the moment it happened, though he was miles away. Jesus spoke and he recovered. Jesus speaks to us. Jesus speaks to you miles and centuries away. And his words are true. Just like that Samaritan woman, Christ knows everything there is to know about you. And he loves you. You are loved by your Father in heaven. You've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. You who were in bondage to sin and death have been set free. Jesus turns things around. He changes reality. He changes us. He gives us the power to live fearlessly in a world with so much hatred and violence. He gives us the certainty of life, even in a decaying culture of death. He gives us peace, even when times are so tumultuous. I'm going to turn now to John chapter 16. This is Jesus speaking to us. I've said these things to you to keep you from stumbling. They will put you out of the synagogues, the houses of worship. Indeed, the hour is coming when those who kill you will think that by doing so, they are offering worship to God. And they will do this because they have not known the Father or me. But I've said these things to you so that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told you about them. I've said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Friends, it doesn't matter where society may place you. Classes, low, middle, high, upper, blue collar, white collar. It doesn't matter. You know, Garth Brooks had a big hit song when he bragged about having friends in low places. Well, Jesus meets people in the lowest places imaginable. He doesn't brag about it, but he comes in peace and love and mercy. He met and made friends with a woman with a sketchy, sinful past who needed living water. He met people at a wedding reception and provided them with the very best, fine wine, no three-buck chuck. And he met people in high places. He blessed a desperate royal court official with the promise of life. Jesus comes to meet you right now exactly where you are, in the midst of your joys, your sorrows, your hopes, your fears, whatever they may be. Jesus comes to meet you, to put your past behind you, and then to accompany you into a new day, a future yet unwritten. And he wants to write his love on your heart and give you his peace 
so that you can not just survive the coming months and years with all of their uncertainty, but that you can truly live and live forever and that you would have joy, joy that is complete. May the peace that far surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord this day and until we see the Savior face to face in paradise, never to be separated again. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.